Hey there, we're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. You ever see one of these name, uh, name tags? Hello, my name is. Yeah, when you go to a party or you go to an event and you have to fill out this sticker, maybe it's a place where you know, you pretty much know everybody, but there might be a few visitors and we don't want them to feel out of place, so we'll have them fill one out. Or maybe it's a situation where nobody knows anyone else in the room. That's pretty much every introvert, introvert's nightmare um, because you just want one person that you can kind of hide with in the corner of the room. Yeah, um, I'm what you call an extroverted introvert. The Lord has helped me come out of my shell. And so, um, but I still have my introvert tendencies where I just, I need to regroup and I just, big, large groups sometimes overwhelm me. But names are important to me. I believe names are so important because it represents a person. And I believe that every person matters. And so when I'm getting to know somebody new, I'll use their name a lot in the, in our conversation, you know, I'll be like talking to you and I'll use your name and I'll use it again before we even say goodbye because it helps it stick in my memory. You ever have a full-fledged conversation with somebody and you cannot recall their name? Oh, and you're sitting there or standing there at Walmart and they are just going on and on and on and you are like, yeah, yeah. And then when you leave, you're like, oh, thank God, or maybe you had to reference that name and your brain is scanning as quick as possible, so you're just nodding because you're really not listening. You're thinking the whole time. My husband is amazing at it. He is so good. Like, he'll just, he'll have that whole conversation and the person will walk away. I'm like, who was that? He's like, I have no idea. And I'm like, how do you do it? My face shows everything. Like, It's a horrible feeling. I don't like that feeling. Um, But names are important. I remember when I was pregnant and I was coming up with the names for my children. I always wanted the name Josiah for a boy. I just held on to that name. And so when I got pregnant with my firstborn and I was, you know, we were talking about names and the Lord spoke to me and he said, no, his name is not Josiah. I was like, I really want Josiah. Why, God, why? He said, his name is Elijah. And when I looked up the name Elijah, it means the Lord is my God. And so then we had some medical issues with Elijah. And so the Lord just reminded me through that whole process, through that whole time that I was praying over this baby in my womb. And even in those early infancy stages when doctors would say certain things that just didn't sit well with my heart, you know, as a new mom, I would remember his name. The Lord is my God. Then when I got pregnant a second time, I felt from the Lord, you know, I didn't hear him speak to me, but I felt that it's okay now, you can call him Josiah. Josiah means the fire of God, and uh, he is a little spitfire. <laughs> he's a good boy, though. Oh, he's, he's sensitive, he's sweet, and he's cuddly, and oh, he's just, a, he's just a loving kid. If you haven't got to know my Josiah, you want to. He's just a good boy. Um, and then I 
went through some weird stuff in between um, Josiah and my last born. I had a molar pregnancy, which, you know, I've shared that before in my testimony. And that was heart-wrenching. And um, during that time, I just, you know, told the Lord, I, I think I'm done having children. You know, I, I don't want to ever go through this again. And um, during that season of life, I had this dream. And in this dream, I was pregnant. And my mom was in this dream. She was pregnant. But it was, it was a ministry-based thing. You know, God was birthing something in us. And this was all right before freedom came into existence right before. And in this dream, I'm going up this elevator and this woman walks into the elevator. She grabs my belly and she goes, her name is Hannah Grace. And I woke up and I was like, okay. Shortly after that, I found out I was pregnant with my Hannah Grace. And Hannah means grace. So I'm like, that's kind of a funny name, Lord, Grace, Grace. The Lord knew I needed a double portion of grace. <laughs> she is a sweetheart, but woo! You know, boys and girls are very different. Very different. My boys are busy, right? Girls are work. They're, they're very dramatic and very emotional. And, and I get it. I can be very emotional, you know, the other night, my daughter's just crying on the way home and just, just having a rough day. And I said, are you tired? And she goes, yes. And I'm like, I know, baby girl, I cry too. <laughs> I get tired. <laughs> but names are important. During biblical times, we would see that names were, were given with meaning. They were not based off of pop culture or popularity or even some very strange attempts that we see nowadays to be extremely different. You know, and we have seen some strange names, haven't we? Come on, Apple, Blue Ivy. I got some uh, strange names to show you. So we're gonna go through these because these were just weird. And if you named your child this, I apologize. I don't mean to offend you, but bear with me because this is just, it's odd. Helzel, okay, right? This is a combination of a name here. Here, the mom liked the name Hazel, but the father was a biker and he loved Hell's Angels, so they came up with Hazel. Yeah. Ah, Miracle. Now, nearly 800 girls are named Miracle every day, but then there's some parents who are like, no, this is Ah, Miracle. <laughs> ah, Miracle. And then we got Baby Girl. No, that's a legit name. That's just lazy. Now, I call my girl, sometimes I call her baby girl as a, like, a term of endearment, but the, baby girl. This next one. Okay, so I was talking about this name with some, a group of, of women, and I was saying it wrong because I'm like, A, B, C, D, E, huh? Obsede or obsidi. A, B, C, D, E. That's just weird, right? Oh, I love this next one. Felony. Nothing like speaking that into your child's name, but let's change it with a PH, felony. I don't know what that parent's thinking. I'm not speaking that over my kid. And then here's these spellings, you know, the kind that you'll never find your name on a keychain. It's okay, I get it, I'm, I'm in the same boat. But that's Maverick. Yeah. Poor teachers. 
Okay, this is a true story. Um, I used to work at Montgomery High School in the office, and I would get the lovely responsibility of calling kids down to the office. Well, I jack up names. If I have to read it, I'm going to jack it up. It's going to be messed up. If it's not, you know, Thomas and John, you know, if it's something different, I gave a girl a permanent nickname because I kept mispronouncing it on the loudspeaker. Shouldn't have to get called down to the office too much, but <laughs> yeah, she got the nickname Scooch. But <laughs> Gotham. Now, every little boy would probably, like, when they're in that Batman phase, I think of <laughs> Leander when he wore his Batman gloves all the time. Gotham would be pretty cool, but as you get older, when you go for an interview, hi, my name is Gotham. <laughs> Seven. Yeah, that's just laziness too. You just give up on you gave up on names and you just start calling them numbers. <laughs> and this is my favorite. This is so pop culture here. Hashtag. One day that will go away and that child will be left forever with the name hashtag. <laughs> Don't name your kids weird names. <laughs> But we find that names giving during, in, in the times of um, the Bible, it was given by meaning. It was a branding for their life. What they would do was, is it was a record of the aspect of the, of the person's birth, or it could be expressed in a parent's reaction to the birth or of their child. You wouldn't want to name my kid my reaction, though, I can tell you that, because it was more like, ah! No, it was good. Thank God for epidurals. It would secure solidarity of family ties. It could be used to communicate a message that God was speaking or to establish an affiliation of God. Or it was to establish authority over another or to indicate a new beginning or new direction in a person's life. And so when I started exploring this and reading this, the Lord laid on my heart, Jacob. And we look here in Genesis 25. If you have your Bibles, open them up, man. Highlight them, write in them, and read it. But we have it on the screens for you, too. We read here in Genesis 25, starting in verse 21, that Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. And when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first came out, red and his whole body was like a hairy garment oh lovely <laughs> and she named him Esau and after this his brother came out with his hand grasping onto Esau's heel so he was named Jacob now Jacob's name means deceiver and if you were named by meaning and Jacob got the name deceiver to carry on how would you feel Man, he was labeled from birth. Hello, my name is Deceiver. Talk about not a fair start, right? But many of us walk around with these labels. 
And it's time to give up certain labels. Sadly, we take this sticker, hello, my name is, and we write it out and we wear it. Now, you may not be wearing it on top of your shirt for everybody to see, and you may not be announcing it to all, but maybe you're writing those words on your heart as you stand in front of your mirror. What is it that you are saying to yourself? When you look at yourself, what is it that you call yourself? Or maybe when your stress levels hit its all-time high and you just can't, what do you say? We label ourselves like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm stressed out. I'm an angry person. I'm a frustrated person. I'm weak. I'm emotionally unstable. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny, I'm lazy, I'm tired. We carry those labels on our heart because that's what we define ourselves by. Listen, we all have hot mess moments as I call them, but that's exactly what it is. It's a moment and moments do not define you. Stay away from comparisons. And we've heard it said here, we've spoken this a lot. We heard it, you know, throughout our years that if you compare and you compete, you're going to live in defeat. Comparison will steal your joy. And guess what? God didn't create you to be just like the person next to you or the person that you are idolizing or you wish or desire that you are more like. God created you to be you. He doesn't need another person like that. He needs you. And only God can define you. Or maybe, maybe someone else wrote on your sticker. See, there's power in a label. Can you remember a time in grade school or in high school that someone spoke something really negative? Can you recall those moments? Why? Because they sear into our spirit those words. And if you have insecurities, then you start to put it, maybe I am like that. Past hurts, harmful words, abuse, emotional wounds, those are some of the hardest stickers to peel off and to take off. I was reading in a devotional this week with the kids about um, the poisonous dart frog. They're like really colorful, they're really pretty. Um, but they're extremely deadly. And they, they carry their colors as that's actually alerts their prey that, hey, I could hurt you. Tiny little frogs. But one of the, I think it was the gold-colored dart frog, has enough poison in its little body to kill 10 men. And that's actually what, like, some native tribes would use the frogs and put the, the, the poison on the arrows when they would shoot at people. The tongue is like that poison. James talks about the tongue. It's wicked, it's deceitful, and it can destroy. And I've been reading this book by Alex Seeley. You ladies, um, she was at our fall conference in Hershey. And um, her book, Taylor Made, oh, it's so good. I really recommend it. But she tells a story of her friend, Carol. 
Now, Carol was a young girl um, in her teen years, and she, she decided to do something that every girl gets brave and tries, to cut her hair. Yes. <laughs> as, a, as a girl, sometimes that's a really big decision. For me, I always tell every hairdresser that works with me, I am emotionally attached to this. Be careful. <laughs> But she got her hair cut, and she was so excited to show her daddy her new hairstyle. So she bounced into the room to show him, and this was his response. You look like a cue ball. I'm not sure whether you look like a boy or a girl. And she was devastated. She went through years of believing that statement. It affected how she saw herself, how she felt others viewed her, And it wasn't until after that she accepted Jesus and had a relationship with Jesus that she realized that she was carrying a hurt so deep in her heart that she needed healing. And it was in her times of prayer and journaling that God spoke to her these healing words. He changed her whole perspective as he poured out his healing balm. And this is what he spoke to her. The word a man wounds, but the word of God heals. We must exchange negative words for life-giving words. Some of us have known Christ for years, but we're still carrying the labels around, the same issues and the same pains over and over again. What I love about Jesus is when he spoke to people, he used parables. He used stories that would, that would speak deep, deep measures into their life. And so for me, well, and, and Paul tells us in First Corinthians that he uses the foolish things to confound the wise, or as I like to say, the simple things. And I have this book here, and it's called um, You Are Special by Max Lucado. I don't know if you've ever read this book. It is amazing. And there is such a message in here. And it goes so perfectly talking about labels that we're going to share it this morning. So sit on back. We're going to have story time with Pastor Alicia. This book was actually given to me with, um, when I was pregnant, or maybe I just had Elijah. And my husband used to be a traveling evangelist. And there was um, a group, a youth ministry group, that um, all wrote to him in this book. And they spoke into his life as a child that you are special because God made you. It's just, it's such a, it's such a beautiful keepsake. Um, But I want to read this story to you. The Wemmicks, who were small wooden people, All of the wooden people were carved by the woodworker named Eli. And his workshop sat on a hill overlooking their village. And each Wemmick was different. Some had big noses, others had large eyes. Some were tall and others were short. Some wore hats and others wore coats. But all were made by the same carver and all lived in the village. And all day, every day, the Wemmicks did the same thing. They gave each other stickers. Each Wemmick had a box of Golden Star stickers and a box of Gray Dot stickers. And up and down the streets, all over the city, people spent their days sticking stars or dots on one another. 
The pretty ones, those with the smooth wood and the fine paint, always got stars. But if the wood was rough or the paint got chipped, the Wemmicks gave dots. The talented ones got stars too. Some could lift big sticks high above their heads or jump over tall boxes. Still, others knew big words or could sing pretty songs, and everyone gave them stars. And some Wemmicks had stars all over them. Every time they got a star, it made them feel so good. It made them want to do something else and get another star. Others, though, could do little, so they got dots. Punchinello was one of these. He tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around and give him dots. Sometimes when he fell, his wood got scratched, so the people would give him more dots. Then when he would try to explain why he fell, he would say something silly, and the Wemmicks would give him more dots. After a while, he had so many dots, he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid. He was afraid he would do something dumb, such as forget his hat or step in the water, and then people would give him another dot. In fact, he had so many gray dots that some people would come up and give him one for no reason at all. He deserves lots of dots, the wooden people would agree with one another. He's not a good wooden person. And after a while, Punchinello believed them. I'm not a good Wemmick, he would say. And the few times he went outside, he hung around other Wemmicks who had a lot of dots, and he felt better around them. One day, he met a Wemmick who was unlike any he'd ever met. She had no dots or stars. She was just wooden. Her name was Lucia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers. It was just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots, so they would run up and give her a star, but it would fall off. Others would look down on her for having no stars, so they would try to give her a dot, but it wouldn't stay either. That's the way I want to be, thought Punchinello. I don't want anyone's marks. So he asked the stickerless Wemmick how she did it. It's easy, Lucia replied. Every day I go see Eli. Eli? Yes, Eli the woodcarver. I sit in the workshop with him. Why? Why don't you find out for yourself? Go up the hill. He's there. And with that, the Wemmick who had no stickers turned and skipped away. But will he want to see me? Punchinello cried out. Lucia didn't hear. So Punchinello went home, and he sat near a window and watched the wooden people as they scurried around, giving each other stars and dots. It's not right, he muttered to himself, and he decided to go see Eli. He walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his tiptoes to see the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Punchinello swallowed hard. I am not staying here. And he turned to leave, and then he heard his name, Punchinello. The voice was deep and strong. Punchinello stopped. Punchinello, how good to see you. Come and let me have a look at you. Punchinello turned slowly and looked at the large bearded craftsman. You know my name? The little Wemmick asked. Of course I do. I made you. And Eli stooped down and picked him up and set him on the bench. Hmm. The maker spoke thoughtfully as, the, as he looked at the gray dots. Looks like you've been given some bad marks. 
I didn't mean to, Eli. I tried really hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't? No, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give you stars or dots? They're Wemmicks, just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Punchinello. All that matters is what I think, and I think you are pretty special. Punchinello laughed. Me? Special? Why? I can't walk fast. I can't jump. My paint is peeling. Why do I matter to you? And Eli looked at Punchinello and put his hands on those small wooden shoulders and spoke very softly. Because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. And Punchinello had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say. Every day I'd hope, I was hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who has no marks, said Punchinello. I know, she told me all about you. Why don't the stickers stay on her? And the maker spoke softly, because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust in my love, the less you care about their stickers. I'm not sure I understand. And Eli smiled, you will, but it will take time. You've got a lot of marks. For now, just come see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli, as the Wemmick walked out the door, Eli said as the Wemmick walked out the door, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, a dot fell to the ground. Isn't that amazing? It's simple. It's spending time with Jesus, the craftsman, our maker, and I know it sounds simplistic. And some of you may be wrestling with the thought or thinking, if you only knew what I'd been through, so what do I do now? Well, let's look at Jacob. We wrestle. I have a husband who adores his boys. And just like every good father at bedtime, when we're trying to calm down at night, they wrestle. Let's look at Genesis 32, starting in verse 22. That night, Jacob got up. He took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford at Jabbok. And after he sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. 
So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Jacob, though he may have been called a deceiver, he was a fighter. And he wrestled in the womb as he was making his grand entrance even into the earth, holding on to his brother. He wrestled with identity and his name. The very, he became the very thing that he was called. If you call that, if you call him and go by deceiver, guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna deceive. So he deceived his brother, right, for the birthright. Then he deceived his father for the blessing and then ended up fleeing for his life. And it was after he fled that he went to go live with his uncle and there he was deceived by him. He now had to wrestle with the fact that he um, had to work even longer for his love, Rachel, which for him, it didn't feel so long because he was so in love with her, but he still had to wrestle with the time frame given to him as he married her sister and was deceived. I believe that Jacob wrestled with everything that tried to define him until he finally wrestled with the one that would change his life. God wants to have an encounter with you. He wants you to stop wrestling with the things that you don't need to. Sometimes we have to hold on to God and say, I cannot and I will not let go until you bless me, Lord. And you have to let go of those labels that you have stuck so fast to your heart or to your spirit and you're toting around. And it's time to wrestle with God and say, I need this taken off. See, God's original design for us became flawed back in the garden. The deception that came from the serpent continues if we allow the enemy of our soul to whisper into us something opposite of what God has called us to be. And it is time It is time to start replacing the lies with God's truth. You have it right here. His word will set you free. His word shows you who you are in him. Our God is powerful. I love how when Jacob is wrestling with this man, that he says, what is your name? Now, God knew his name. Do you think that God really was asking him, hey, who are you, buddy? No, who are you? And Jacob is there, I am deceiver. That's who I am. And right there, God blesses him. And he says, your name is no longer Jacob. It's no longer deceiver, but now it is Israel. He renames him. Let God rename you. Jacob, he was flawed. And guess what? We are too. We all have our shortcomings. No one, no one in the body of Christ has arrived to that level of perfection. So guess what? You're all in really good company. But yet God, God saw this and he he saw Jacob 
And as Jacob was returning back home, before he went back to those whom he deceived, God says, I'm going to give you a new name. And I don't know what you've been through in life. You know, I went through years of infertility, but that was not my name. Some of you have went through abuse and have gone through horrific ordeals. That is not who you are. You are not a victim. Some of you have been labeled as maybe you had a a learning disability and you've went through life thinking you're less than. That is not who you are. It is time to let those dots, those labels start coming off as you allow Jesus to start speaking into your life of what it is that he has for you and who he calls you. So God meets with him. And he allows Jacob to receive a blessing that he didn't have to trick anyone for. He didn't have to deceive anyone for. He wanted a birthright, so he deceived his brother. He wanted his brother's blessing then. And he deceived his father for it. And the father of heaven says, I'm gonna bless you. You don't have to, you don't have to try to manipulate it to, to get it the way that you've always done it. God changes everything, amen? It was in that moment, in that wrestling, in that pain. I can't even imagine like your hip coming out of socket. Like I have a hard enough time with just like a pinch sciatica and like the whole leg goes out on me as I'm trying to walk. He held on through pain. He held on through torment. He held on through his past. He held on through accusations. He held on and he wrestled with God. And God said, I'm gonna change your name. God can rename you just like he renamed Jacob. He went from deceiver to one who has prevailed with God. We see other times in scripture where God has renamed them. Abram went to Abraham. Abram means high father to father of many. Sarai went to Sarah. Sarai means my princess, but she graduated to mother of nations. Simon went to Peter. Simon means God has heard to Peter, which means rock, in which Jesus said, on you, on the rock, is which I will build my church. And look what God did with Peter. Now, Jesus is our rock. Jesus is our cornerstone. But it was Peter on the day of Pentecost that spoke boldly, and thousands came to know Jesus. So here are some names that you can start identifying with. If you start labeling yourself those negative things, here are some things that God is calling you. God has called us chosen. God has called us redeemed. You are unique. There is not one other made like you. Every intricate part of your DNA, your fingerprints, your hair, your eyes, you are unique. There is no one like you. You are an overcomer. 
You, my sisters, are beautiful. Men, you're handsome too. You are loved. Brothers and sisters, we are children of the king. Those are amazing things that God wants us to start calling ourselves. God wants us to be healed from our past hurts. He wants you to be set free. And guess what? God wants to release you from the pressure that you put on yourself or that you've allowed others to put on you. In him, there's no pressure. In him, there's freedom. Sit back and rest in his presence and allow God to do the work that he needs to do in your life. Yes, there's a part that you have to play. There's a part that you have to walk out. But when the more time that you spend with the master, the more time you spend with the creator, the more you look like him, the more you talk like him, the more you um, give off the attitude of Christ. Amen? How many of us know that I need to, I need to sound more like him? I need to look more like him. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. It's in his presence. It's time to change the filter. If you don't change the filter on your car, what happens? It's not going to work right. What happens if you don't change the filter on your HVAC system? It's time to change the filter in how we view ourselves. You need to ask yourself, how does God view me? How is he measuring my worth? He measured it by sending his one and only son to die for you. That's pretty valuable. You're priceless. I love that his word even says that you are the apple of his eye. He adores you. And we see here in Revelation 2.17, and as we stand up this morning, I don't have a long message for you, so you can go ahead and stand up. And we can start playing that song real softly. The God of all the universe is rewriting your name. And he does not need his children walking around with labels and stickers that speak counter his words. Does that make sense to you? Revelation 2.17 says this, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Churches, this is, he's speaking to all of us. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. Come on, the Lord is gonna give you a new name. So the very things that in this world that we have been toting along, carrying it like it's our burden to carry and saying, this is who I am. I'm broken. I'm tired. I can't do this, Lord. I'm just strung out, God. I'm an alcoholic, Lord. 
Lord, I'm addicted to pornography, or maybe I'm addicted to drugs, or maybe I am just complacent in my spiritual walk. The Lord wants to rewrite it for you. And so I have tags up here for you. Now you don't have to wear it and tote it around and say, I'm an overcomer. You can if you want, I think that's awesome. But maybe you wanna keep it in your devotional book. As you are praying to God, what is it that you're speaking to me? I have markers up here and I have these labels because we need to write what it is that God has called us to do, who he has called us to be. You are more than, you are not less than. You are the head and you are not the tail. God loves you. He has some amazing plans for you. But if you allow negative talk and you allow negative thoughts, to cloud your judgment, or you allow other people's poisonous words to be like that dart into your soul, you can overcome that. You are not what people try to label you. All those gray dots have to fall off when you start to believe who it is that Jesus says that you are. You are his. You are made new. God loves you. So this is what we're doing this morning. Before you leave, I want you to come up, grab a label, and maybe it's going to take some faith to declare who it is that God is calling you to be. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe this is just, you're speaking this from the prophetic and saying, God, this is my desire is to become like this. He knows. He knows. And the more time you spend with the master, the more you will look like him, the more you will sound like him and you can carry that name. Amen? So Jesus, we thank you. You are a good, good father. And Lord, you love us with an everlasting love. Lord, we are thankful that God, we don't have to carry the labels that we have spoken out of our own mouths or we have allowed other people to put on to us. Lord, I renounce every label, Lord, that has been placed on my brothers and sisters. God, I pray that you would show them that, Lord, in you, you are more, more than anything they've ever desired or dreamed that they could be, God. That in you, Lord, you give them the strength, Lord, to become what it is that you, you called them to be. Lord, I pray right now for those who are, are just struggling with that, Lord, that they would find the peace in knowing that, God, you whisper their name. And that, Lord, you rewrite our names on our hearts. God, I pray for those who have just been hurting. Lord, that you will bring healing to every soul, Lord, that is desiring you. Lord, that just needs a touch from you. That needs wisdom from on high. God, I pray you pour out. Pour out. That the words, Lord, that you speak give life. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that I don't have to wrestle with the things of this world. That, Lord, I just can just wrestle with you saying, Jesus, I need more of you. And I'm not satisfied until I receive more of you, Lord. And, Lord, that you rewrite my name. So I thank you and I praise you, Jesus. You are so good. You are so, so good. And we love you, Lord. 
Amen. Amen.